listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Well, hi, it's good to be with you today, wherever you are watching this. We are not physically able to gather in the way that we used to, but we still, in this scattered moment, are still the people of God. So it's great to have you to recognize that the Holy Spirit meets us wherever we are and God is on the move at this moment despite what is happening with the coronavirus worldwide and where you and I are. What we wanted to do before we really, I guess, dug into the sermon today is, I guess, have a little bit of a team talk. Now, if you are living in the state of Victoria, uh, which many of you are, if you're in Melbourne uh, it's almost become this new normal, to use a much used phrase, uh, that there is a daily press briefing that the Premier and his Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, give to inform us where we are. And particularly after last week, when there was the release of the roadmap to recovery, which is our way out of lockdown, that our state government outlined and had a press conference and shared that, which was highly anticipated, um, we thought that what we would do today is almost begin the sermon uh, by having our own little release of what Red's roadmap to the new normal looks like and Red's recovery from the coronavirus pandemic looks like. Now, having said that, we also want to just, everything we said last week, that we realized that it's really hard to plan at the moment. It's really hard to predict at the moment. There are possibly many plot twists in this drama that we and the world are living through. But we just thought it'd be really helpful to share with you uh, the information that um, you need to know that we're thinking through. Just so you're in the discussion as a church and understanding what is going on at the moment. So I don't have my North Face jacket that our Premier Andrews uh, wears every week. I thought of buying one and then realized I can't go to a shop and Amazon wouldn't get it to my house in time. But nevertheless, just imagine some press conference vibes as I kick off. So the way that we thought about this is that there are a few factors that we need to look at. Where are we now in terms of both the pandemic, but really what is in play is um, the particular situation in our context in Melbourne. For those of you watching in Melbourne and Victoria, what we can learn from what's happening around the world in terms of trends as best we can try and look at different timeframes and then look what at the considerations for Red Church. So we've got really three slides that we're going to put up for you. The first one is the situation that we're in now and what does this mean? This is a strict lockdown. And the around the world trend is that the church has responded through basically at points of complete lockdown of having to move all ministry online. Not a whole lot of this will be brand new news to you because particularly if you're in Melbourne, you are now in one of the longest lockdowns in the developed world. And even when we see it opened up a little bit, it was still less than other countries. So effectively, we've been in some kind of lockdown, which actually has increased uh, since March, since that first week when I remember we made a decision to not do our Sunday service that week. Uh, all of our ministry has been online. 
That's our Sunday services, people meeting in Zoom and uh, various other things that we do as a church. That's what's been happening all around the world. Now, this will continue in our state of Victoria while there is new, still community transmission happening. What's the time frame for this? Uh, we don't know. Our sense is probably we're still going to be in this state with the different time and infection targets set by um, our state government until we estimate, and this is what we're planning for, at least to the end of the year and into 2021. So what does this mean for Red Church? This means the online service that we're doing now continues. This means our huddles keep uh, meeting uh, through Zoom. There is a possibility in the roadmap to recovery that some huddles, if we hit some different targets, might be able to meet outdoors or in person. Um, but Red will continue its focus online, Alpha, Youth, Generations Ministry, uh, prayer course, and some other things that we've got planned to connect people in this time. We will keep doing ministry through uh, online and you continue to be the church, which you always were and you will be after this, of the people in God, of God where you are. Now, the second stage, uh, which possibly will come after this stage, is what we've called here a partial reopening. When a government starts to pull back on the lockdown measures and begins to open up. And when we've seen this happen in other places around the world, and we were anticipating this probably at the beginning of June in Victoria, but with the second lockdown, we didn't get there. Um, and what some churches in some places are doing at this point, almost everyone is continuing their online service. Um, but what some places are doing is offering an actual kind of amended COVID safe in-person worship experience sometimes with some digital elements, but also some in-person elements. Now, because of what we've learned about how religious communities and church services uh, can spread the coronavirus, South Korea is currently in a second outbreak that seems to be traced back to a church um, which did not practice COVID-safe uh, measures, is that church looks very different. So you're looking at social distancing, you're looking at reduced numbers, um, you're looking at uh, many countries, people are unable to sing mandatory mask wearing, not being able to hang around and fellowship, getting rid of things like tea and coffee cafes uh, at churches, having people bring their own Bible versus using pew Bibles, all of these different measures. Uh, so some churches have moved into this hybrid phase. Now for us to get to this stage in Victoria, the trigger would be, there's a date trigger, but it's really more about the infection numbers trigger in Victoria, would be that there's no new cases in Victoria for 14 days. Now, the time frame that this could happen, that would have, that trigger would have to happen. We estimate that if that was going to happen, it would probably happen sometime in 2021. Again, we're just guessing. Um, but what's interesting is, whereas in places like the UK, there's a preparedness that this hybrid stage could go for a while because of the way that the Victorian roadmap to recovery is set up is that a stage of partial opening probably would not last that long before the next stage. So what does this mean for RED? Well, the thing I want to say is this presents significant challenges for RED. First of all, for us to get to this stage, to hit from where we are now with community transmission uh, to get to uh, no new cases in Victoria, um, that's quite a high bar. I hope that happens, 
but we're preparing um, and that's a high bar for us to hit as a state. The second thing is, in contrast to many other churches, Red does not own its own building. So we also have to um, recognize that the places that we rent and share, that they're in charge of their own response and how they want to be COVID safe at this time. So that's one factor. The other factor is that um, in talking to churches in other countries, and I've spoken to people in Asia, America, Europe, is that there is a significant increase in volunteers. The things that you need to do, marshals to ensure that the right numbers, uh, people doing the data collection of people registering coming to church, uh, and also the deep cleaning that needs to happen before and after church services uh, means that uh, there would need to be a significant uptake in volunteers, more than what we had before uh, the pandemic began. And also this would mean that there are reduced numbers. So this is not saying that we wouldn't do this, but to actually have a sort of hybrid service for Red in our situation, in our cultural context, uh, this is actually going to present a number of significant challenges. So we need to discern and weigh that up going forward if we get to that stage. At the last stage, um, and this is, I guess, our simplification of the Victorian uh, government's model and looking how it affects churches and us, um, is what we're calling the new normal. And talking to people around the world, um, there's, I guess, something that's worth uh, uh, being aware of. The first thing is that in countries like New Zealand or even some states and territories in Australia, which had a much shorter time in the pandemic, Many of those churches have gone back in a very similar way what they looked like before. Same times, church is pretty much the same, maybe some COVID safe practices happening, uh, but they're able to go back to what they were if they had you know, four weeks of lockdown or something like that, six weeks. But in other contexts where the lockdown has been longer, uh, both what people are seeing in real time and also what a number of experts are predicting is that church is looking very different when it comes back. Many churches are finding that the times they used to meet, even the places they used to meet, are not the same. There is a trend that people aren't coming back to church in the same way. And particularly while the virus is still in the world, there's a psychological effect on people, people who find themselves in vulnerable health situations or even just have been attuned now to live uh, not around people in the same way that we're used to, there's a hesitancy to come back to church. So when church is coming back around the world, particularly for people like us uh, who have been in a long lockdown, what people are seeing is that church comes back differently. Now, the other factor in what we're seeing around the world is that churches have this really interesting new conundrum, which I actually think is an opportunity that lots of people have joined churches during the pandemic. Some have become Christians. Some have found connection after not being at church for a while through the pandemic and other people have joined churches and they're not in their geographic regions. So that means churches now face this new reality where they've got people who are not in their city or on their side of town, even in their state or province or even in their country. So when churches are coming back, there's this new challenge of how do you, you know, look after the people that you, you look after in your geographical uh, area, but also how do you, you know, deal with the reality that now you are geographically dispersed? One thing to add there too is that in lots of cities, and we're seeing this in Victoria, 
that people are leaving cities and moving to other places where there's less of a lockdown or even because of job loss um, or lifestyle choices are moving. So how do you, in the past, when someone left your city or left your church, geographically, they left your church. But now people are moving to other states, but still accessing the online service. So this is a fascinating new, I think, opportunity for the church uh, that presents that people need to work through once the lockdown is over and we move into the new normal. For us to get to this stage in the state of Victoria, there would have to be no new cases in the state of Victoria and no significant outbreaks in the rest of Australia's states and territories for 28 days. Now, the other thing that could trigger this, if there was an effective vaccine distributed and released and administered in Australia, when could this happen? There's a question mark there, the question mark of humility, because we just don't know. Uh, My sense is this is not in the short term framework. That's the best guess I can have. And what does this mean for a red church? Essentially, what this means is that church will look different for red. But what we've been going through in this point in time, and this is what I want to talk about when we come back, is I believe that there is a bunch of wonderful opportunities that this presents to us as we move into not just a new normal for the world, for the state of Victoria, for the city of Melbourne, but what about a new normal for the church? So we have just gone through a press conference. I will note that if that felt long, it was much shorter than the Victorian government's one, but we're not responsible for all the things that they're responsible for. And so just as the Victorian government has set out this roadmap to recovery, a roadmap to the new normal, I want to talk about what the new normal could be. Now, this is a term that people are saying that they're sick of, that and unprecedented, but I actually think there's a really interesting way of reframing this term, the new normal. There is an old normal. There was an old normal that we existed in before the pandemic came. And all of a sudden, our lives have radically changed. And you can see Victoria went into this and we locked down. We went hard. We went early. We did many of the right things, best practices, and we were actually able to keep the virus at bay. Middle of the year, it was looking really good. Many of the other states in Australia um, had, you know, done so well that life was returning to some form of normality. But then we got hit by the second wave. And every day the numbers were going up and there's this sense of dread. As the numbers have come down during the lockdown, there's been an increasing hardship that people are feeling, the psychological strain. And I just want to acknowledge how hard this period has been for so many people. For those of you who find yourself isolated, missing loved ones, particularly those who live by themselves, this has been really, really hard. Others have found themselves exhausted, trying to keep their jobs going whilst homeschooling, doing a whole new way of working and living where the blurred lines between what's recreation, if such a thing exists anymore, and work and just grinding through this thing. I also want to acknowledge that many people felt a sense that there was almost this hope that the lockdown would end quickly and there's all kinds of frustrations and different emotions that come up when really when we looked at the roadmap to recovery and realized that it would go on 
um, uh, um, you know, for a longer period in reality. And so what we're seeing is in comparison to other places around the world, uh, Victorians have actually, uh, I think, handled a long lockdown in incredible ways. When I've told friends about this overseas, they're sort of in shock uh, that we would, you know, continue to go through this. But I actually see that as a testament to actually the people of Victoria. But there's definite frustrations coming up. And some of the sad trends that we've seen around the world is people and even Christians movement into increasing frustration and anger around this virus. I just did for Christianity Today a podcast on the rise of conspiracy theories around the world, many of which are happening in the church regarding this virus. And there is this, I think, this moment of humility that we're invited into. I understand that people are frustrated. I understand that there is a sense of this just dragging on. But sadly, Christians at some times are not putting their best witness forward in this moment. And I get that there's something that increasingly, we just hate this virus. It's okay to hate this virus. And there's still, though, this invitation, this moment where we can hate this virus, hate this lockdown, hate what's going on, hate mistakes seemingly made by public figures, hate the effect this is having, hate this disruption, hate the job loss, hate the psychological impact, hate, hate, hate. There's so much to hate in this moment, but I actually believe there's an invitation to something else. Linton Crosby, who is a demographer and political strategist, strain, who then went as uh, created a career in the UK, was in the paper a couple of days ago talking about a bunch of research that they've done around what it looks like to lead and the kind of leadership that people are looking for during the pandemic. And he says this, at the start of the pandemic, people were looking for leaders who were decisive and assertive. And we saw that. We saw people, when leaders did that, feel a sense of, 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 I guess, safety and a sense of reassurance of where leaders were going. And when leaders didn't do that in various contexts, that sense of panic and concern that came through populations. Crosby goes on. Basically, people were uncertain about what was going on and wanted someone who could grab it and deal with it, he said. But it's interesting, there's been a pivot. What's interesting now, Crosby says, is that the two words they most associate, and this was in multiple countries, with good leadership in the face of a pandemic are innovative and inspiring. What if this moment the church wasn't known for hating this and digging into conspiracy theories and getting frustrated and playing like we're some experts at epidemiology? I had the chance this week to speak to an epidemiologist who is fighting this at a global level for a government and realized how little I know about this. We live in an age where people who watch a few YouTube videos or have a Twitter account or a Facebook account, we think that we actually could have the answers for pandemic response or even how to run a government in its myriad of complexities. I'm not that good. Most of you are not that good. 
And so I believe there's a position of humility that we as the church are invited into. And what if the church at this time was not known for hate, but actually because they innovate? They're inspiring. And so when I look at what's happening to Red, lots of my pastor friends are like, man, how do we hang on? There's a sense in the church, particularly in Melbourne, of like, oh my goodness, how long is this going to go for? The government doesn't understand this. This is going on. But again, too, I want to reframe this moment. And what if there's an opportunity in the midst of the difficulty here? Because a pattern break, as we spoke about, the churches... That of all those countries which have had less of a lockdown have flipped back to life as it was before. But the longer a break with anything, the longer you're in this in-between liminal space, like we spoke about last week, the more open are the possibilities of the future and the potentials for new flourishing. One of the things that I came to discover and I looked at how God renews the church and renews cultures is people often go through this process of what I call withdraw return. That life is going on normally. You're part of culture. You're part of the world. And because you're part of it and even benefiting from it, you can't see its flaws. You may see there's problems, but you don't have a solution because you're tied up in the whole system. And if you look at people who do things for God, if you look at people who heal cultures, that so often they go through a process. Often it's suffering. Often it's becoming isolated. Often it's actually leaving a place. And when you leave that system or that structure, you're able to look back in, often from a really painful position, and see the idols of that culture. And you see the idols of the culture. But then you start to see the idols in yourself and how you bought into the idols of the culture. I'm yet to find a significant Christian leader in all the biographies that I've read of the people I've met, of the stories that I've heard, who has not gone through some period of suffering or withdrawal where God has met them and then repositioned them and renewed them then to come back and serve and bring a healing truth. And so don't miss what's happening in this moment. Melbourne in normality was this wonderful, wonderful city, alive and abuzz with options. So many things happening, fighting for our attention. There's also a city in which people around Australia, when I traveled to other cities, would talk about the tough soil of doing church in Melbourne. I know some major churches and denominations would really plan before they planted a church in Melbourne because they saw it as harder context to plan than other places in Australia. But it's also awesome. There's so many things to do. And Melburnians were people which increasingly found themselves busy in the pursuit of the good life. But now, not just one person going through a process of withdrawal, all of us being forced into this process of withdrawal. I saw this imagery uh, this week. We sent it around the team of these images. I think it was a 730 report did of drone of just Melbourne, downtown Melbourne, where people would always come into to do different things, eat at a restaurant, catch the footy, you know, go and see a show, go to a gallery, all these different things. And Melbourne's just silent. 
and empty. I never thought I would see that. And so we are collectively going through a process of withdrawal, a break with the past. And I actually realize that the longer this lockdown goes for, the more possible change on the other side of it is. And I spoke to people this week in different parts of Australia who's just like, like churches went back to normal. They're in a sense got hardly any lockdown. But people are just going back into the old patterns. The longer we're in this, the more potential of change for the future there is. And what we realize in this time is as the distractions have gone, as we can't do things, as life has got down to the bare bones, is that we're invited into not a plan to conquer this, but actually a person, the person of Jesus. John 15.5 says, this is Jesus speaking, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think the lesson of this extended ongoing lockdown is I'm realizing how little I can do apart from Jesus. I'm being invited daily into a greater dependency on him. And what actually if the new normal for Red, when we come out the other side of this, yeah, there's all the questions of what does church look like? How do we do this? What times are services? There's all that stuff. But they're also secondary or even tertiary. The primary question as a church that I think we're being invited into is what do we want the new normal to look like? I don't want the old normal. The old normal that sometimes was like watching a a cube melting of ice in the sun as people just dropped away. What is the new normal we want for red? What is the new normal you want for you, your household, your family, you, our city? The new normal can only come from staying close to Jesus. We can't have a plan but we have the person of Jesus. So Jesus continues in John 15 and says this, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I believe the greatest challenge before the pandemic was a lack of discipleship in the Western church. People could organize things. They could put great services on. Church was getting, in a sense, more efficient, more perfected. There was all these things that we could do in terms of what it looked like as a church service. But the thing that was so often missing was actual genuine discipleship for people as they were made into the image of Christ, as they followed him closely. That's God's plan, that we reflect his glory, that we bear much kingdom fruit that we show ourselves to be actual Jesus' follower. The longer the lockdown happens, the greater a potential of breaks that are dysfunctional and toxic that are occurring in the past and the possibility of a new future of walking out as disciples of Jesus Christ. So what I want to do is, in this series, is just point you to a really simple way that we're thinking about this as 
Jesus followers here at Red Church based around three practices. You would have seen these practices or not even practices. They're actually principles. The problem with practices is practices are often set into an actual context and time. It was easy to have a whole day of solitude pre-pandemic. Let me tell you something. Yesterday, trying to write a sermon I went up to the side of my house. I never got the side of my house. It's sort of squashy and there's weeds there and there's a hot water unit. And yesterday I went up there and I actually considered sitting in this tiny crevice between my fence and the hot water unit with the chair to write my sermon because I have almost no space with homeschooling. It's the situation so many of us are in. How do you write a sermon and have the solitude to do that when you can't get a second's break because the iPad has run out of, of, of steam or there's a maths question? I mean, I walked out of year 10 remedial maths. I have no idea. So practices that we usually do change, but principles work across contexts. So these are three principles. You'll see them already coming up in some of our discussion around huggles. You'll hear them more. This is our simple, in a sense, principles to help us as the church during this time and beyond live out a new normal as disciples for Jesus. Three simple things. The first thing is abide. Be with Jesus. That's what John 15 is saying. Jesus is saying, You're dead to your old life. You're now a new creation. I gave my life for you on the cross. So you just be with me. All life, all flourishing comes from Jesus. The only way we can be connected to life flourishing, a new kingdom normal, is to be close to Jesus. The second thing is to be renewed by Jesus. When we get close to Jesus, things that We're trying to do in our own strength. The flesh, sin, brokenness, toxicity, dysfunction. These come into clarity as they're brought into the light. And by being close to Jesus, abiding with him, we then move into a pattern of renewal. Not just a one-off renewal, but this process of continual renewal. And when we abide with Jesus, when we're renewed by Jesus, we then see Jesus has a mission in the world. He's drawing people to him. We're invited to share the good news of Jesus so that people may have eternal life with him and not an eternity without him. And we're called to go into the world to be Jesus' hands and feet. Abide with Jesus. Be renewed by Jesus and go where Jesus is going. And as I thought about these principles, I realized that this is so simple, yet there's something incredibly innovative and inspiring about how these work in real time. To illustrate this, I just want to talk about, I guess, how things used to be. We had a vision of how we wanted the world to be. That could be a church vision. This could be your personal life vision. This could be your goals as a family, the goals for your career, the goals for your fitness, your health, whatever it may be. As a culture, we would have these visions and there would be a distance between us and the vision. And so we would look at the ground and there might be some hiccups or mountains we must have to climb, 
But the way that you got to your vision was you came up with a plan. This was the way that you were going to bridge the gap, climb the mountains, go over the barriers and achieve your vision. This is what people do with news resolutions. This is what massive international corporations do with strategic planning. This is what churches do. Put it on a wall. That's what we're going towards. And over the next five years, we want to grow our services to be like this and we want to do this and we want to create this training opportunity or whatever. But the problem is this world has radically changed. We now live in this reality where here we are. We still have a vision. As I said this last last week, the vision has not changed. The strategy has not changed at red. We still follow Jesus. We want to see kingdom break out in the world. We want to see people become Christians. We want to see people become better Christians as they connect to the vine. But what's changed is the environment is no longer just some little road you know, bumps and mountains that just have to be climbed with a strategic plan that we can be efficient and achieve our plan and achieve the vision. The problem is the world now looks like this. Constant changes, constant chaos. We can't even predict. We used to predict. Like you think we had, how many of you had plans for 2020 that you were going to like do? Work plans, travel plans, holiday plans, schooling plans, kids sporting plans, places and people you wanted to see, concerts. So many of our plans have been thrown on the garbage heap. And that means that our ability to plan and be efficient in pulling off those plans has actually disappeared. Well, in this world, you can't beat the environment. Because the environment comes against you because it's so chaotic. But what you can do in the midst of this is you can be changed. Now, what I realized is, is when you look at that process of abiding with Jesus, when life gets difficult, we have an invitation to become more like Jesus, to sit with him, to go to him. When we realize that we can't do it in our own strength, we go to Jesus and we abide with him. Then when there's difficulty in the world, when our plans are thrown asunder, we go to Jesus. And it's almost like this incredible judo move that Jesus does. When we bring to him our fears, our dysfunctions, we lay it on the altar before him. We then enter into this process of renewal. Where instead of changing the environment, Jesus changes us. And what seemed to be working against us now is changing us to be more like Jesus when we realize that we cannot do this, but he can. And then when we go with Jesus, we're invited into his mission. We're in alignment with his will. The safest place to be is in the will of God. And so we move forward. 
one step at a time, never getting far from Jesus, always walking behind in his steps. Whatever the path is, sometimes it's day by day, following Jesus with that voice recognition, with his word and his Holy Spirit guiding us through this path. And the whole while too, being continually going through this process of continual renewal as we abide with Jesus, as we then are renewed by Jesus, as we then go with Jesus, but in going with Jesus, realizing that we also need to abide with him so that we don't get too far from him. And this process invites us into continual renewal. What if this was the new normal for Red? What if this simple way of following Jesus that people have done in all different environments, in different contexts, no matter whether it's sunny days or stormy days, what if the new normal is red comes back, abiding with Jesus, continually being renewed with Jesus and going into the world and fulfilling Jesus' mission and his will? What a moment, what an opportunity that we actually have so I don't know. We've put our roadmap out there for you. As you'll notice, there's a lot of question marks. When do these timeframes happen? I don't know. What could an in-between space look like, hybrid? I don't know. When does this new normal begin? I don't know. Red's going to look different when it comes back. What does that look like? I don't know. But what if in this moment where we can't control those things, the one thing that we can do is submit ourselves to Jesus, stay close to him and actually enter into that space where whatever happens over the next weeks, months, whatever it is, the whole time God is growing us as individuals and as the church. And this is, becomes then an incredible refining moment. So I want to challenge you. What would it look like? not just to hold your breath until church goes back to what it looked like before, not to just to hold on for dear life. And I get that. I get the, 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 the sense that that's what we want to do. But instead, to see that there is a break with the past and we're in this in-between space. But during this time, we as a church are going to push into this kind of discipleship with everything that we've got. And so in a sense, this isn't an altar call. I don't even know how you do an altar call. If we're in a live building, I probably would do some kind of response altar call now like we used to do and get people to come down the front. But I'm asking you to partner with Jesus in this moment for red. And if you do want to just kneel in your lounge rooms and say to Jesus, yes. I'm going to try those three things as best as I can because I don't even have to do it. It's you doing. I just need to surrender, abide with you, be renewed with you, go with you in whatever ways that looks like, even it's in lockdown, partial lockdown or a new normal. Let's together as Red Church commit to this time and emerge from this innovative and inspiring. Filled with Jesus. Let's pray. God, We don't know the road from here. You do. We can't control the environment. We can't control the plant. In fact, our plans are all in the rubbish outside, it feels like. But Father, as a church, may you use this time to be a refining time. May we as a church discover new things, grow closer to you as we 
Learn to live and abide in your presence as we renew to become more like Jesus when we emerge from this time, when we as your people serve your mission in the world, to tell people of your love and your death on the cross, to be your hands and feet in the world. God, at this moment, we don't need to hang until church reassembles in whatever way that looks like. At this moment, we need to be your church pressing into you. So I just want to pray at this moment. I just want to lead people. If people feel the sense to kneel, they may feel weird. You may be, I don't know, in your pajamas. You might be in front of the couch watching this on your phone, wherever that may be. I'm just going to actually ask people to kneel. To set apart, to consecrate ourselves. To surrender to this moment and what you want to do. God, we hunger for red to emerge from this. We don't know what it looks like physically, but deeper in love for you. Stir up our hearts, create a hunger in us for you. We give to you our lives. We give to you our houses, our households, our families, our jobs, our church. We put it all in the altar. Stir up a passion in our hearts for you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Fill us with your spirit. Guide us through the chaos and complexity that our world seems to be in right now. And may we emerge inspiring because we are close to you, innovative because we're listening to you, and emerge from this a magnetic church which people are drawn to. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.